Hello, and welcome to GovConnect, where we sit down with local government innovation experts to bring you insightful stories and advice on technology, best practices, and the latest trends. And here's our host, Andrew Kirk. Hello, I'm Andrew K. Kirk, City Source Chief Revenue Officer. And today I'm talking with Greg Chiavaria, the Assistant City Manager and Chief Information Officer at the City of Hallandale Beach, Florida. As our listeners hopefully know, our goal with the GovConnect podcast is to speak with as many interesting and diverse chief innovation officers, chief information officers, and IT leaders in order to learn about their rapidly changing roles in local government. Greg, welcome to GovConnect. Hi, Andrew. Thank you for having me. It's a great privilege and opportunity to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you on. We actually connected because City Sourced end of last year, we had you on a panel as part of our first ever mobile government summit. And actually, the way I found you was because of all the kind of interesting and cool content that you post on LinkedIn, and you really like to be kind of public facing and talk about your role. So you're made for that. That's been a great platform for you, I take it, as far as connecting more broadly with the community. Absolutely. It has helped me learn a lot, connect with others, and just uh, expand my skill set. So, yeah, I, uh, from that podcast or that uh, forum that we had, uh, I learned a lot from the colleagues that were part of that summit. And we'll make sure at the end of the show to get all the links for your contact info so that we can share that with our listeners. So let's shift our attention a little bit to the, you know, the changing role of IT in local government organizations. Looking at your background, you specifically went from a programmer to a project manager to IT leadership. In a few minutes or so, can you kind of take us through your background? Yeah, sure. Actually, I started out as a civil engineer, um, believe it or not. I have a background in civil engineering and environmental engineering. But nevertheless, I transitioned into IT because I wanted to make an impact into society. And I found that with technology, you can make the biggest impact. So my first career path was uh, being a programmer and I was doing uh, a lot of conversion programs and doing it with uh, Visual Basic 6.0, believe it or not. And um, one of my first accomplishments was uh, developing a classic ASP web app that allowed everyone to collaborate together and real-time get information from a web page without anything being installed. I'm talking about like late 90s. And um, from doing that, I saw the power of technology and how it helped um, the organization be efficient. Um, so this is one of my first uh, experiences in technology. And from that, I just took further interest into um, project management. And I took interest into seeing how we can accelerate uh, productivity, performance, and then later on transitioned into um, IT leadership. Uh, since my start of uh, my technology career, I have served as a CIO for four government agencies. And um, it's been a great um, experience uh, coming in and providing solutions, improving the quality of life of constituents, and just making it easier for all to access information. As I understand your background, you've served in IT leadership CIO roles at the local government level, in public safety, at the state department level. 
how do those experiences overlap and what's some of the differences between different organizations being in an IT leadership role? Well, every organization uh, has their own culture. And so as an IT leader, you have to adjust, modulate, interact, engage in the patterns that are specific to that organization. For instance, in public safety, uh, the priority was the 911 system, having communications and resilient paths with uh, 700 cop cars. Uh, so the focus was on that. And uh, this is before cloud solutions were available. Um, later on with the um, state court department, uh, the focus was on ensuring resilient operations during court operations. You can't tell the judge, hey, take a pause, take a break. I, the computers aren't working. So we had to always make sure that uh, the computer systems were always up, that they were available as these systems impacted uh, the lives of individuals, making sure there was budget, making sure there were uh, vendors with great SLAs. And then later on, uh, the last two endeavors that I've had in, as a CIO has been with local governments. And as I mentioned, every municipality has their own culture, has their own priorities and needs. And uh, with the city of Doral, which was my prior role, um, prior to the city of Hanlo Beach, it was to engage better and to have smart city solutions. So there, the priority was different. And again, you have to adjust your services and your projects to make sure that they meet the, the needs of the elected officials. And then here at Hanlo Beach, it's all about engagement. It's all about being inclusive, uh, letting people know uh, about our services and also engaging further with cloud services. So um, I've had the experience and an opportunity to um, be 90% on the cloud. Um, even uh, our ERP is on the cloud. And so, again, being adaptive is important and also having a good ear to understand your customer's needs. And when I say customer, can be an internal or external person as well. So let's jump in a little bit more about your current role and specifically the city of Hollandale Beach. You're in the Miami area there. So you're next to a major metropolitan area, but the population of your city is actually below 40,000. You have a higher than average resident median age of 53 years old. So how do these demographics impact your department's approach to engaging and to delivering digital services? I am so glad, Andrew, that you mentioned that. In fact, the facts that are available uh, before us, 40,000 in population and 53-year-old median, those are 2010 census stats. And as I was mentioning, uh, having a listening ear is very important. The demographics have transitioned. Um, for instance, we're experiencing a lot of uh, new development, uh, high-rise, uh, oceanfront buildings that attract new types of, of of residents. Uh, we see a lot of uh, millennial and Generation Z individuals moving into our city. So what this means is that our services, how we connect with our constituents, how we are able to do our intake, or just uh, to provide awareness about the city, it has a great need for technology. And it has a great need to be cost efficient because 
we would like to sustain the greatest and latest methods for engaging further and for just offering and leveraging our city services for our constituents. So in in recent years, uh, we've transitioned into um, many smart city technology operations. Uh, For instance, we went from uh, manually reading water meters to now uh, via radio and IoT products, having a read over the airwaves and knowing, uh, for instance, uh, where there are abrupt uh, water usages across the city so that we can uh, let uh, the constituents know that, hey, there may be a water leak in your um, in your home and not have to wait until the water bill comes, you know. Um, we're, we've uh, used a lot of social media to take the pulse to understand the needs of uh, the different communities that uh, make up Hallandale Beach. And we've focused on also providing and developing mobile apps that are functional specific to specific services so that uh, the constituents feel that they have an avenue that they can connect with us and that we can be responsive effectively. Great. Well, thank you for correcting me on that demographic transformation that's gone on since the last census. I know, speaking of transformations, that's something you've written about in terms of embracing digital transformations. As the CIO, you've got a lot on your plate. You know, as you mentioned before, some mission-critical systems. So how can this role of CIO also serve as the catalyst for a digital transformation when you've got all these other things on your plate in terms of maintaining and keeping systems up and running? So the good thing about uh, technology is that it has um, now evolved into a technology that is smart. For instance, we have firewalls that understand patterns better so that they can detect intrusions better. We have cloud-based systems that allow us to uh, seamlessly uh, gain access to our emails, recover emails, And even uh, we have, for instance, Amazon type of web services that allow us to back up to the cloud. So what these new technologies have afforded us is the ability to be innovative, to now, instead of putting all of our efforts into operations, it allows us to put greater efforts into innovation. And with innovation, that helps us improve our services, our connectivity, our technical experience that users and constituents have. So I just want to share that, you know, as a CIO, it's important to constantly leverage uh, knowledge, um, experience, and and even best practices that other um, organizations may have. And this is important as well to have value-added partners that can lend a hand with expertise and insight and leverage that to bring in Uh, new solutions and experiences into the organization. As we discussed earlier, you have a really interesting, unique background, especially from the programmer to moving into project management before you took over IT leadership. And I know project management, you're a PMP. It's something that you've thought and written a lot about in the past. How did the principles of great project management help you in the role of CIO? And how could they possibly get in the way or hinder the work you now do as an IT leader? 
Andrew, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I feel that there is a need for project management skill sets across the board. A lot of times I've, um, for instance, um, when I transition into organizations, um, I see that there have been projects that have been abandoned, perhaps underfunded, or perhaps assigned with not the most adequate resources. Um, so project management, what it does is it allows us to have a formal view of what needs to be done. It allows us to get our goals prioritized with our different stakeholders. And it provides accountability for the budget so that they're observed. Um, and then project management lasts. It helps us uh, stay on time with the schedule. And so formalizing our efforts with a team that, build, that builds leadership, that allows us to uh, deploy and launch solutions quicker. And that also builds momentum and trust with the um, executives of the organization. And so project management should be a, um, one of the priorities for any executive, for any IT leader, because what it does is it just amplifies the opportunities for innovation and digital transformation. And so I have seen many colleagues that have perhaps uh, perfected their project management practices. They've developed PMOs, uh, processes that uh, ensure that the investments are handled appropriately and, and seeing that the uh, goals are, are completed and fulfilled. And what it has done is it has amplified their ability to grow, to get promotions, to even seek opportunities beyond uh, what they initially perceived. So I, I encourage anyone, you know, to to consider perfecting their practice through project management. Absolutely. Some great points. On the flip side, I think when people think about innovation and transformation, they don't think about planning and process and spending a lot of time doing analysis. So are there some aspects of the project management mindset that you either had to get over, unlearn, or possibly had a negative impact in being an IT leader, or has it all been positive? Well, I will tell you that sometimes I tell individuals that are seeking or pursuing IT leadership um, that they need to be less tech and more people person. Uh, in other words, they need to unlearn sometimes that uh, the technology is what drives the business. More, it's like the business will drive the technology needed. And we have to be flexible. We can't be so constrained with uh, what capacities or limitations uh, current technology offers. So having an open mindset is very important. Having uh, great soft skills to engage better with your internal and external customers are essential. And knowing the business, knowing and understanding the revenue streams, the expenditures, that's going to lend a hand to being cost efficient, to justifying projects, justifying expenditures, technical goals, and, and just justifying the amount of resources that are needed to create digital transformation, to continue the uh, evolution of bringing out new technologies into the organization. 
as I'm listening, one thing that's coming up that's really interesting to me is you're talking about people and culture and understanding project delivery and budgets. And the interesting thing is if you look back, like you said, to the late 90s where you had the civil engineering background, you had a little bit of geek in you and that technologist of could get in, build a database, pre-web services, connecting things up. Looking back at your career, what do you think were the critical steps that you took to help you move into leadership? And I think even more importantly for our listeners who are just starting their career today, would these same steps still be applicable for those people early in their career that someday want to move into a leadership role? Yes, I, I think those still are available today. So whenever there's a challenge, be open to take the challenge. Whenever there is a need to do more, volunteer and accept that opportunity to do more. A lot of people say, well, you know, I'm not going to do that because I'm only supposed to do this. Why not lend a hand? Why not help someone? Through that process, you will learn. Through that process, you're going to gain new um experience that can be leveraged into further opportunities of promotion, perhaps even further opportunities to gain trust. And by gaining trust, that's what's going to open the doors to uh, greater uh, responsibility, greater promotions, and and just being uh, a more well-rounded individual that adds value to the organization. So I think that Volunteering, being open and saying uh, yes to opportunities still is applicable today. So did you have this long-term plan early on that, hey, I want to get into IT leadership role? Or was it more a mindset at each role? I'm going to keep an open mind. I'm going to take in what's given me. And if an opportunity comes along, I'll say yes more often than no in terms of helping, volunteering my time, working with different groups? Was it something intentional that you had set as a long-term goal or was it more a role-by-role basis and it worked out nicely based on that mindset? I never would anticipate that in 10 years I would do four CIO roles. If someone told me back then, I would say there's no way. But I think it's the thirst to challenge yourself and the thirst to just do something new is what opened the doors to just saying, yes, I'll, I'll take on that additional responsibility. Not a problem. I'll learn social media and how it works. I'll learn how to understand metrics and how we can develop metrics that will perhaps justify our needs for resources. Those opportunities, they came about from just being open. Um, So I think that every opportunity will open a door incrementally and that you just have to have a an open mindset so that you can certainly be available and be prompt and just be ready for when that opportunity is there for promotions, for expansion, or, or, or just to gain new knowledge. What are the biggest challenges you see facing chief information officers today? I will tell you, Andrew, that one of the biggest challenges is cybersecurity. It morphs It comes about in different ways and different methods. And just keeping up with the different threats and risks is something that um, all CIOs must pay attention to. Great. Shifting gears, let's get started with our rapid three questions. One, CitySource is all about the power local governments can have in delivering more services 
via the smartphone. What type of phone do you use and what's your favorite personal mobile app? I have an iPhone 8 and my most liked app is LinkedIn. Great. Two, what's one book you most recommend or give away to others? I will say that will be um, Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. And three, what's one tool, software, or even non-tech hack that you're using today to improve your life? I really like the Trello.com online platform that allows me to do Kanban management with things that I need to do, the tasks that I need to encounter, and just tracking what has been done and what needs to be done next. That ends our episode for today. Thank you so much, Greg, for joining. Please let our listeners know where they can find out more information and connect with you online. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's a pleasure to to do this interview and, and share some of my insights. And if you'd like to connect with me, look me up in LinkedIn or just visit my personal uh, webpage, uh, com. I'd love to share any knowledge I have and, and just lend a hand in whatever it is that you're trying to pursue. Thank you very much, Andrew. Great. Well, we'll make sure that those links are included in our show notes. And for our audience, if you want to learn more about how local governments are delivering services to residents through our mobile app platform, please visit us at citysourced.com. If you have any feedback, I'd love to hear it. Shoot me an email, andrew at citysourced.com or on Twitter at Andrew K. Kirk. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Please subscribe to GovConnect through your favorite podcast service and leave us a review. It greatly helps us spread the word that GovConnect is the podcast for local government innovation. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to GovConnect. Please make sure you subscribe. And don't forget, we need you to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best in local government innovation.